Rolex wearing. Diamond ring wearing. Kip feeling. Wheeling dealing. Limousine riding. Jet flying. Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago. And never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And today's topic, you know it, you love it, it's a rookie mock draft. Uh, we call this the People's Podcast, and the people have spoken. The people, they want mock drafts. So tonight, it's going to be a head-to-head, mano and mano. Me and my buddy Greg, a.k.a. G, of the Aussie guys, are going to go one-on-one in a 1QB rookie draft. Jerry is out being essential, and I'm glad that he is. We've all got those gimmicks in the mail called Bills. And if you don't pay them, they will shut your stuff off, like your internet. And I need Jerry to have internet. So Jerry should be back. We're looking at another mock draft for Friday. A little little something special planned up with, uh, with some friends. We'll just say that. Uh, I was going to do mock draft Monday, but surprisingly how hard it is to get people to jump on a podcast on Sunday night with this uh, Last Dance Jordan docuseries on. Uh, from everything I've gathered, it's great. I've not watched it. I'll watch it all like in one day when all 10 episodes are on uh, ESPN Plus or what have you. But hope you're enjoying that, and I hope you're enjoying the war zone. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun here the last few weeks. Rookies, 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 and more rookies. Uh, make sure you're tuning in to my new side hustle, my collaboration with the boys over at the Dynasty Happy Hour. You can only find that. That is the Dynasty Happy Hour contractor. You can only find that on the Dynasty Happy Hour feed. And that's where I help people rebuild their roster. No different than if you were remodeling your basement or doing an addition to your house. I'm trying to help some people spruce up their rosters going into their rookie season and the 20. 20 season. Don't know how long this one will go. Uh, I anticipate a banger. Greg's a good guest and uh, a lot of fun to hang out with. Uh, And the Patreon. Man, we have welcomed five new Patreons in the last two days. And I thought the group chat couldn't get any more hype. Man, I was wrong. Uh, People just out here looking to have a good time. And we've been very blessed to have a great group. So if you're interested in what we're doing over there, you you hear the, the... testimonials uh, at the beginning and end of every show uh, we think highly of those guys when, and you know when they're reaching out and saying hey thanks so much for helping me with my rookie draft helping me with my startup that's what it's all about so I'm not going to belabor the point too much longer 
Um, but five-star reviews, two more of those. Man, um, we are well on our way to 200, but if you got a second, you're not driving, uh, man, open up your podcast queue, whatever you listen to, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Pods, you name it, we're there. Uh, iTunes, iTunes is always a good one. Leave us a five-star. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe. We're going to be coming through with at least one. I'm doing my best to make sure we get two shows a week out there and we're going to have a lot of new stuff coming out once we get past rookie fever rookie apalooza if you will got some big stuff coming maybe a new debbie show maybe a couple of other things coming down the pipe uh more guests more Warzone. um last thing make sure to check us out on instagram at dynasty Warzone on instagram and twitter I've uh, been doing a better job with the Twitter than the Instagram. I owe you a post over there. Maybe I'll take you uh, take you guys a picture of Gemma, the podcast dog, as she sleeps over here as I cut this podcast. But tonight's guest doesn't really need an introduction because he's been here quite a bit, but he's a good dude. His real name's Greg. He goes by G. Um, you can find him at Aussie Guys NFL. He and his co-host AJ, they launch a show... They're, you know, when they can, um, a lot going on around the world, and it's hard to get two guys in the same room. Uh, luckily, I got the technology, and I don't need him to be here. I don't know what their recording situation is, but it's a damn good podcast. Head over to iTunes or wherever you're listening. When you finish leaving us that five-star, look for Aussie Guys NFL or Aussie Guys NFL Podcast. You'll find them. It's a picture of AJ and G in cartoon character form. And uh, you'll find a lot of great guests over there as well. So, without any further ado, let me go grab my man G, and let's get you guys a, a little bit of rookie mock action. All right, joining me from all the way down in Australia, this guy is more than just a dynasty and fantasy analyst. Uh, he's a really good dude and, and a really good friend. His name is Greg, as I said before, but you know him as G of the Aussie guys. G, welcome back, buddy. Memphis, thanks for having me on, mate. You, you catch me, uh, I snuck out of my job. Um, I'm sitting in the car because it's a bit more like a, a soundproof booth. I uh, can't get my headphones working, so I hope the sound's okay. But, mate, uh, thanks for having me on, mate. It's great to talk to you coming from what is today a very sunny and warm day in, uh, in Melbourne. Yeah, for those that don't know, the Australian people are the opposite of us. When we're freezing our yep. tails off in winter here yep. in America, they're having a sunny Christmas on the beach. And when we're having our 4th of July barbecues, they're freezing their ass off down there in Australia. It's the opposite of what we got going on. But I tell you what we both got going on, G. We got a lot of rookie drafts, and we're soon to be in, in another startup together. We are, mate. Yeah, we've uh, we've started over here. We've started a uh, – we run a few leagues. Um, uh, my co-host, AJ, he's the commissioner of a heap of leagues, mate. He does a fantastic job. Um and yeah, we've uh, we just finished, almost finished our first IDP uh, rookie draft, which was interesting. Um, and then we start another three dynasty leagues this week at getting underway. So I'm really interested to see uh, where people go because you can look at all the, um, you know, like the fantasy pros where they have all their uh, rankings and all that, and, that, and that's great. But when you when you're playing against guys that all they do is want to play fantasy and um, you know, it, that sort of um, they th always there's always a curveball all the time being thrown. So it, this is you, you're dealing with real people now. Yeah, it's one thing to uh, be shooting down range 
it's another thing to be in an actual firefight with uh, real people hurling them back at you. It, it's been great. I've uh, I had three going at once, and I, I've I've had some some good fortune. But tonight, now normally I like to do a super flex, but because a lot of our listeners, and this is the People's Podcast, G, so we're going to give the people exactly what they're looking for. Because it's the People's Podcast, we're going to do a 1QB. Because the number one question I get from the listener is, hey, where would you have these quarterbacks in a 1QB league? So that's perfect. You are the guest. I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? No, mate. No, it's... Uh... I'd, uh, I'd always in, uh, if you came around to my place, mate, and you were my guest, uh, I'd, I'd be letting you go first. But, I'd, you know, I, I'm, always a, I'm always a second sort of guy, you know. Uh, I do a lot of mountain biking, and I always seem to be second uh, behind my mate. So I, I, I enjoy being in that spot. So I'll let you go first. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So since even though it's going to be a 1QB, it's always PPR. For me, it's always full point yep. PPR. That is now the industry standard. I actually really like half-point PPR, but for the sake of this exercise, full-point PPR, and because of that, I am taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, wanna, yeah. I, I want re- yeah, to hit you with a real fun <laughs> stat. I was listening to Graham Barfield of the new Fantasy Points podcast the other day, and he said that it's been proven through his research, and I trust Graham. You know, he's been on the NFL Network. He's a very accomplished uh, dynasty and fantasy analyst. And he said that a reception is worth 2.8 times more than a rush. So even on games where I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, you know, maybe doesn't get a lot of rushing yards, he's still going to basically save his day by getting four or five receptions for 30, 40, 50 yards and then sprinkle in some rushing. He's got a really safe floor. But I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. So for me, I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 101. Who you got, G? Who's who's your uh, 102, and what do you think about Hilaire? Oh, mate, I, I, he he moved up. Uh, we had uh, Nick Whalen on our show a couple of weeks ago, who, who uh, you're good friends with as well. He, mate, he's fantastic, and... Uh, he's massive on 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 Hilaire. So I yeah, look, he was he was hovering around my my five. So I went back and had another look because you get to a point, Randy, where you look at so many guys that by the time you get to the end, you have to go back and have another look just to refresh your your memory and, and to see if what you saw the first time is what you see with a with a second set of eyes that you're, you're using now. And um, yeah, look, I must admit, after speaking to Nick, he he moved up so and he landed in a, a fantastic spot with a great offense, a passing offense that like defenses are too far too concerned about with what Mahomes um, and uh, mate, the absolute cupboard is full. It's overflowing with receivers there, mate. He's just going to have an absolute bath, mate. He's going to enjoy it. He's going to lather up, mate. It's nice warm water. It's got the bubbles. One of those spa bars. He's all over it. That's a great pick. And look, mate. To be honest, with one QB, it's it's a uh, it's going to be between two guys. I feel, and that's who I'm going to take with my second pick. And that's uh, Jonathan Taylor, mate, who lands in in uh, with your boys, the Colts. Um, I think they're they're telling everybody, you know, what they plan to do. They're going to go run heavy. Um, they got an older QB, and I don't want to bring up what, what I've thought of Rivers over the past 12 months, but um, if you listen to any of our pods, you'd know 
Um, and this this dude's just a monster. He's he's got speed. He's got power. Um, he he has everything you want from a back. He can pass catch. It's not part of his game, but he can do it if it's required. Um, sure, it's just, this this is dynasty we're talking about. Now. This is not a redraft we're doing, is it? Oh yeah, we're we're, we're the dynasty war zone. We're doing we're all. Dumb. I'm just making sure, just making sure, because you didn't tell me that, and you might be just trying to throw me off my pick, so you end up with a really good bloody team. Um, but yeah, I I, I just think that this this is going to be his backfield. I'm I'm also a massive fan of Matt coming out. Uh, Matt's great when you've when you've got holes, um, and this guy's going to run behind that offense that you know so well. Uh, mate, he's just, he's going to tear it up. And I had, mate, I'd be rushing to take him as my number two. Uh, I'll be honest. When the, when the Colts took him, I was like, okay, I, I really wanted them to go Antoine Winfield there. Um, I was a big Antoine okay. Winfield guy. Um, it's not that I, I didn't want Taylor. That's, that's not my thing. That that's not what I'm saying, but Indy clearly wants to run the ball. They clearly want to play defense and you don't need any greater example than go back to the game in Houston last year. It was a Thursday night game where they ran the ball left, they ran the ball right, they ran the ball center, and then they just kept running the ball. I think both Marlon Mack and JT will be a fine use in 2020. And remember, Phillip Rivers last year, he checked down to the uh, running back position on 30 percent of his dropbacks now that could have been uh, an indictment on the offensive line in LA and the Colts lines better so those deeper down the field routes may have more time to develop but going to be a lot of passing volume work for both and and Taylor's going to be an absolute monster uh, unlike Marlon Mack who you know would turn some 30 and 40 yard gains out there Taylor's got that breakaway speed man that he gets to a hole in the or the corner and he's gone and you're not going to run down a guy with with four three nine speed. That's a great pick. All right, my next guy. The, the, these two guys I continue to waffle on, um, but I'm not going to let a bad landing spot dis, dissuade me from taking a guy that I really like. I'm going to still keep DeAndre Swift in my top three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, this was the guy, and, and I think back to 2017, the entire. You know, in the NCAA season, Dalvin Cook was the 101. He was the 101. Uh, then all of a sudden, he had a crappy three cone at the combine, and he fell. We took either Corey Davis or Leonard Fournette 101. And I tell you, you put those three guys in a bag together, Corey Davis, Leonard Fournette, and Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's the one you're pulling out first every time. That very well could be this kid. I'm I'm not gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna learn the lesson that we learned last year with AJ Brown. We were all down on him because he went to Tennessee. Talent wins out. I love this kid's pass catching profile. Uh, Matt Stafford is gonna need a check down guy to you know have those dump offs with, and this kid really good running back. So um, I could have went another way, but I went this way because I really like Swift. So. I'm going to kick it back to you at four. Do you like Swift and, you know, th- uh, throw it into to your, your next pick? Yeah, no, mate. I, no, I really uh, – look, I've sort of floated between Jonathan Taylor and, and Swift as my one and two back in his class, um, which is probably, you know, the consensus. There are some people that don't see the, the, the Swift thing. Um, but, mate, you just – you look at uh, – I, I, I don't want to get beaten up because I uh, – I remember taking and being in love with the uh, Amir Abdullah, 
the same, not, not as good, but that same sort of change of direction and, you know, acceleration and um, he doesn't have the vision that, that Swift has. Swift, you sort of watch him on tape and it's sort of like you, you, your eyes match your feet, but it's almost as though his feet change direction before his brain is caught up with what's going on. It's, it's, it's incredible to watch. Um, I don't, I, I'm thinking, man, I don't want to get caught in that in that same boat again. But you know, I just have to, I have to go there again. Um, so yeah, no, I really, I really like that pick. I think he's going to get. Well, Carry on Johnson. A, a lot of people still like Carry on Johnson. Um, I didn't mind him coming out, but mate, the injuries were a real concern for me in college, especially the amount of hamstring that he did. Um, it always seemed to be going. You seem to do a really good run. You seem then you seem pull up sharply and hamstrings like you know you train. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, waffle on a little bit here, but like you train um, Memphis and if you get an injury to a part of your body, you start trying to work around it. And so what happens then is other things start to give way: your knees, your hips, your ankles, because you've changed your natural motion in which you run. And I've just found that with him, it's just as all think like injuries can be related to something else that uh, even though you're not doing the hamstring now, you're doing an ankle, you're doing a knee, you put more strain on other parts of your body because you're just trying to change the way that you, you move. But um, I, I think he's going to get a ton of work. Uh, I don't trust carry ons, like I said, his health. Um, so, geez, at four, Woo, God, it took us a long time to get to four, didn't it? Um, and I've noticed in the drafts that I've done, I don't know about you, Randers, but Mate, wide receiver goes a hell of a lot longer than running back, and which which is usually the case. But even in this big running back class, um, I find there's still wide receivers I take in round five and six and have a shot at. Um, oh, geez, fantasy. Mate, I'm going to take. I'm going to stick with the running back. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dobbins in Baltimore. Um, I know Ingram's still there. But Ingram last year, they, they're one of the biggest, uh, the highest running team per game. I think they were around about 200, but let's face it, probably 175 of those came from from um, from Lamar Jackson. But last year, Ingram only broke eight tackles, which is a bit of concern for me. Um, he's, what will he be? Will he be 30 or 31 at the start of the year or sometime during the year, I think? Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely got a three in it. He's either going to be thirty or thirty-one. Yeah. He's not the youngest cat around. Yeah, and look, mate, Do- Dobbins has got everything you look for in a running back as well. And, and he's got he's five ten, two seventeen. Mate, he's got open field speed. He can take it to the house. He's got excellent vision. He's uh he doesn't hesitate about the decisions he makes. He makes he makes it, and it's usually a really good decision. So he's made it, and he's gone. He, he doesn't think about it. Um, his plus blocking is. Is good enough. It's it's good enough to give his quarterback time, but he's got a quarterback that doesn't really need to worry about that, does he? Uh, he's not he's not protecting a, a fifty year old Tom Brady. Um, pass catching probably needs to work on just a little bit. Some of his hand techniques not the greatest, but I'm I'm sure they'll clean up that. He's not he's not a massive pole mover, but mate, he's got great footwork between the tackles. His foot frequency is incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I I can't go past. And the team that he's lined up with that offense and that quarterback, um, and they'll be uh, linebackers will be sneaking Lamar Jackson more than they'd be worrying about where uh, Dobbins is going. So uh, that'll be my pick at four. Well, I, I I like Dobbins, and I thought he had the potential to be the one hundred and one overall in this class, depending on landing spot. 
I have one big pro and one big con on Dobbins. Yep. My, my pro is that he fits that RPO system that they run in Baltimore like a glove, hand and glove. Man, they, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. I love it. My, my downside is that, again, is that PPR floor base. Last year, the Baltimore quarterbacks, because Robert uh, Griffin III did play like the last game of the year, and then a few, you know, a few snaps and series along the way and blowouts, and there were many. But Lamar Jackson only temp- attempted 400 uh, passes last year, and Griffin was 40. So 440 pass attempts, only 51 went to running backs, and Mark Ingram was the high man with 29. And I think you tend to see that a lot with these quarterbacks who have amazing rush ability. So without that PPR volume there, he actually slid to my RB four, but we're not yep. we're, we're not really uh, we're not really splitting too many hairs. I'm gonna go at the 105. I'm staying running back. I'm with you. If you've listened to the Warzone for for any amount of time, you know that I am a draft running back, and I'll trade for wide receivers after they break out. My guy in this exercise is gonna be Cam Akers. Uh, just an absolute stud of a guy, and I love the situation. You know, they took him in the second round after needing offensive linemen. They lost four starters on defense last year, and who'd they choose? They chose Cam Akers. This offense works best. The McVay offense works best when you have a three-down badass back there, and I really think that's what Cam Akers is going to be. I think he catches the ball better than people realize, and he is used to playing behind a bad offensive line. I think he is going to be the new straw that stirs the drink. And I am not calling him Todd Gurley. But if he can give you 75%, just two, just three-fourths, or even two-thirds of what Todd Gurley gave you at his peak in L.A., you've got an absolute slam dunk steal of the draft at 105. So because of not only the talent that I see in the player, but because of the situation he landed in. And, you know, I referred earlier to Jackson only attempting 400 passes. You know who attempted the most in the league, tied for first with Jameis Winston? That was Jared Goff. You know who's not mobile? Jared Goff. Jared Mobile. Jared Goff's about as mobile as a phone booth. So instead of running with the ball, he's going to check the ball down to guys like Cam Akers. He can give you the rush yards. He can give you the PPR. I love getting Cam Akers around this spot. G, what do you see in Akers, and then uh, then you get a pick at six? Uh yeah. Look, I I don't I don't mind Cam Akers at all. Uh, I think he ran, as we all know, he didn't run behind the best the best line. Um, I, I'm just a little bit concerned about where in in Jim. I I don't know how you feel. Let let me know. But like when people go into a position and. That, um, that somebody else needs to have, like like he's done there, um, and people go, well, this is this is what X used to do, and now Y's meant to do the same. How, how do you view that? Because they're, they're totally different running backs. Gur- Gurley's are far more elusive than he used to be. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, he's gone to my Falcons. So uh, as long as we can run him in a straight line, he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, how, how do you feel about when people say, well, this is what Gurley got? And why can't he be that? 
Well, just because one's an apple and one's a pomegranate doesn't mean that they're the same thing. Yeah. They're, they're both yeah, exactly. they're, they're they're both fruit, and both of these guys are running backs. He plays <laughs> he plays a different style. So one thing that I'm doing a lot of research on right now at the Dynasty War Zone is the impact of twelve personnel in the NFL. Yeah. I was listening to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah on their podcast, and they were talking about how you're going to see a lot more twelve personnel. Um, and, it, and hashtag spoiler alert, I did it in the, that in 2019, the uh, 11 personnel had went from 50, from 61% down to 55%. So it dropped almost 10% in a year, the amount of usage. And you're going to see that extra tight end in there a lot, and I think that'll help. But yep. I'm not expecting Gurley. I'm expecting the guy to get opportunity, and, and volume is king. So because of that, that's yeah. why I like Acres. But but who you got at six, my friend? Oh, man, they are, I, I think I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to swing it out here. Um, I know it's a one QB league. I'm not gonna take a quarterback yet. Um, look, my, my next running back off there would probably be because of the landing spot would be Keyshawn Bourne, but I, I just don't feel I can. I can take him over the wide receivers that are available. So um, this is this is dynasty. So look, I'm, I'm going to go and grab CD Lamb out of out of Dallas. Uh, my he, he's my number one wide receiver. I think him going there would it, it doesn't hurt Gallup, but it does hurt a certain other wide receiver that uh, they had to pay. But I, I don't think the contract is like they can get out of it. Um, it's in two years. It's in two years. Two years. All the guaranteed money is gone uh, after 2020 and 2021, and then the dead cap yep. number is like six million bucks uh, for okay. what for what these NF, uh, what these NFL teams print in the basement. They just print cash. So to so yep. to take a six million dollar dead cap hit in two years, it feels like a nice uh, like if you ever watch track and field how they hand off the baton. I think you can yes. see the the literal handing off of the baton to the wide receiver one in Dallas. But keep going about your uh, your love of Mr. Lamb. Oh, he to me he's the most complete wide receiver in the class, uh, and that's what I'm looking for. Because uh, in the end, if you can do everything, you're always you're always going to be valuable to a team. But uh, he, he's got his route running. They say he's not as good as Judy. I, it's probably not as sharp, but it's still very good. He's he's better after the catch. He's better at the catch point. Um, he's better uh, yards after the catch. Uh, he's got a great – his hands are strong, they're soft. He's a powerful runner. Um, if you go and look at the Texas game, um, he had the three TD game. That that shows – okay, well, the three TD game, so obviously it's his best game, but it shows all his best attributes. Um, and if it, he's going to be in this league for a long time. He's going to be – Eventually, I see him as the number one receiver, possibly in Dallas. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take that now. And, and okay, his production may not be that high this year, but uh, mate, Dynasty, uh, I'm in it for a bit of the long haul. Well, I, I can hit you with some some pros that I've hit on Mr. Lamb already. A, uh, Randall Cobb's gone, and CD Lamb ran 42% of his college snaps out of the slot. He's got an innovative young offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. We mentioned the bridge to the wide receiver one there. And this is a team whose defense is bad. 
I mean, their biggest need yeah, in the, yeah. their biggest need in the draft was pass rush and corner, which they dealt with later. It probably would have been better served, but you know, from what I've read, C.D. Lamb was the sixth overall prospect on their board, and when you're drafting at 17 and the sixth best player, according to your research and data, is there yeah. at 17. You got to pull. And you the, take him at once. You, 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 you take him at once. You saw that big smile on Jerry's face, and I think the biggest winner How do you think was. I feel, mate? The Falcons had the pick prior. Hey, you know the, uh, the the Falcons reached on a corner. You have to love that. Well, you don't have to tell me, dude. Well, hey, I, I, I'm going to make my own reach, and I'm going to I'm going to take the guy that you just Ooh. mentioned, and 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 that's Keyshawn yep. Vaughn. Again, yep. I'm I'm going to stay true to my ethos. What I do, I draft running backs. And I trade for wide receivers. This is a guy. Um, I think outside of the Kansas City landing spot, I think this is the best landing spot. And if you go to PlayerProfiler.com and look at Keyshawn Vaughn's page, he's most comparable to Dalvin Cook. He walks in the door, the best pass blocker on the team. He's fast, but not bursty. He's got a four-five forty. Um, not a great burst score. Good speed score. And, you know, again, we mentioned Jerry Goff earlier. If your quarterback's not mobile, Tom Brady's not, you've got to have a running back who can both catch the ball and protect the quarterback. Because teams know that when Ronald Jones is out there, they're, oh. running, they're running the ball. They know that when Darway, Darway Agumbawale is out there, they're more than yeah, likely pa- passing the ball. So yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn brings a three-down skill set to a team that's going to have a tremendous offense. He's going to see a lot of light boxes in the NFL. This is the kind of guy, um, there was this scheme, a lot of people got arrested like a long time ago on Wall Street. It was called a pump and dump. They would artificially and illegally inflate the value of a stock, so they would pump it up, and then they would dump it when they had it at its absolute high and cash out with all the profits. That's what I'm going to do with Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm going to let Keyshawn Vaughn's value get pumped up after a great 2020 season with Tom Brady and a great offense, and I'm going to dump him this time next year in my rookie draft. But that's that's the strategy in which I would use him. Um, but I think he's a guy that outside of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if you told me he was the second highest scoring rookie running back in this class after their first year, I would not be stunned based on that offense and what I think his workload's going to be. So, gee, you're back up at 108. No, I, I did like that pick, and now you're making me feel bad. I don't like that, man. You shouldn't make me come on your show, and then and then make me feel bad. That's not the point. And oh, to well, pump well, my tires up, make me feel good. But but now when when we do our rookie startup draft here, you're, you're, there's no yes. no more cheap Keyshawn Vaughn for me. I, no, I, no, no, I know where you're going. Well, speaking of going, no, no, where, no, I, that, where, where that are was you a going? Great pick, my Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, well, that would, if you weren't taking him there, um, that he was going to be my next pick. So you've uh, you, you've stumped me, but so I'm going to have to stick. I'm going to stick with wide receivers. Now this is where it gets a little bit on the tricky side for me. Is that uh, we're both fans of uh, Justin Jefferson, and he lands in a great spot in Minnesota. Um, but there's a few there's a few guys on this list that I I think are comparable to what he can do. And I can get far later in the draft, but they haven't fallen in uh, situations that is as good as his are at the moment. Um, you got Rugs there, a quarterback player. I have absolutely no trust. Jalen Rager, good situation. I'm not a massive 
fan. Ah, uh, geez, mate. If, 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 uh, look, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Justin Jefferson for the simple fact that the, uh, his landing spot is perfect. Diggs is gone. Um, he's going to be straight into the number two uh, wide receiver. Uh, there, Kirk Cousins is not the biggest of downfield guys. He sort of he can work with where Justin Jefferson is going to work. That that's his sort of his area. Um, what did I have written down about Justin Jefferson? I got so many pages here, mate. You have absolutely no idea how many pieces of paper I have sitting here. It just tells me um, how, pre- how prepared you are. <laughs> I didn't know who we we're going to talk about or where, where we we're going to flow with it. So uh, I just brought everything with me and it's trying to float around in the car while we speak. But mate, the guy, what you want from where he's going to like the slot sort of area, he's in the middle of the field. Um, mate, he can sell a route with probably the best of them in this class. And that that's one of the things you're looking for. He's a good contested catcher. Uh, which is a little bit of a concern because a lot of his catches are contested catches. So it's not as though he's getting the greatest of separations. He's an excellent route runner. Probably lacks that explosive step that you want, but just the way he runs his routes um, and the way he sells them, he, he just gets that half a step and that's all you need. Um, so, yeah, it's probably more on the fact of his landing spot. Um, and, he look, he might be a guy that um, – I might do a Keyshawn Vaughn a bit later on because there's a few other guys that I like a bit later on that um, I can get cheaper. And maybe, you know, if I have a good squad, I'm, I'm what, these returns might be okay. Well, I like Justin Jefferson, so I'll, I'll hit you with some pros we, and cons. We have spoke about that, haven't we? We have. I'll, I'll, Many occasions. I'll hit you with my pros. First of all, I love the player. Yep. I love his attitude. Yep. And I love the yep. fact that with Stefan Diggs gone, he's going to be on the field probably 90 90 plus percent of their snaps so that's that's the oh, mate, he's, not come, he's not coming off he's just for a bruiser a bit of bit of gatorade maybe right i was uh, i was hedging at 90 my fear is that again minnesota is one of the teams that will run a lot of 12 personnel so when they have rudolph and irv smith and i love irv smith side note but when they the, oh the, mate don't talk about rudolph mate i start to you know i don't want to bring up my morning morning tea <laughs> but but that, oh, he, he does my head in. He's still there. He's killing. He's killing my Irv Smith love. Yeah, you know, and and the shares I've got in him. But but that's going to force Justin Jefferson to the boundary, away from his natural slot wide receiver. And no team ran quite as much uh, two mm. tight end, two wide receiver sets as the Vikings did last year. So even though he's on the field, how effective can he be? along the boundary, and it's not, not where he excels. So I, I love him. He is still my wide receiver three in this class. But uh, since I'm up at the 109, I'll transition to my guy. My guy's Justin Rager. I'm excuse me, I'm Jalen Rager, not Justin. Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager. All these J's are throwing me off. G. Too, many, too many J's. Too many J's, and, and, but not enough G. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going Jalen Rager. He is my wide receiver one. I, I like the athletic profile, and more importantly, I like the opportunity. Much like Jefferson, I don't see this guy coming off the field. I mean, the wide receivers in Philadelphia last year, I think they literally worked by the hour. Like the guy, Mate, the, he can't afford to come off. They've got nobody. That's well, the point, isn't it? Yeah, the guys last year, much like the guy who works the deli counter at Walmart, he clocked in and out. He clocked in, clocked yeah. out, went home. You know, he was doing his job, and it was a job that needed doing. 
But th this guy right here, he's going to be on the outside in, you know, two wide receiver sets when Goddard and Ertz are on the field. He's going to be in the slot when they bring out the basketball team in uh, Ertz and Goddard and Jeffrey and Arstega Whiteside. I mean, this guy is going to be out there all the time. He's a dog. He's not going to want, know what to do with himself. He's never had good quarterback play before. He came from TCU where I think he had the worst quarterback play. So he was my wide receiver three going into the draft. He's my wide receiver one coming out of the draft. Yes, before you even ask, I've had C.D. Lamb as my two the entire time. More on yep. that later, but I, I'm going to go Rager. So you're right back up in what we're going to refer to as wide receiver alley here at the 10. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's not, it's not, I, I just have problems with Jalen Rager's hand positioning um, on too many occasions, and he, he had a lot of drops, and it wasn't, they weren't, I'm not too concerned with concentration drops from wide receivers because that's stuff you can, you know, switch on. It's more the fact that a lot of sharp, short, crossing route balls, he just, he had them in really poor spots and it's, it was, it's more technique. Um, hopefully they can get that, but I, I get, I get concerned with guys that come into the NFL with poor hand usage, uh, with, with catches, poor hand position, because they don't really ever seem to clear it up. Um, it's something you've had since you've probably been doing it since, you know, the peewee football, catching the ball the same way. No one's ever corrected you on it because everything about, about him is, is, is fantastic. Like there's a stop and go route against Oklahoma State, which is just absolute textbook. Like um, – it, for for his size five eleven, he, he climbs the ladder, ladder perfectly. Um, at times, he gives me the impression he's going through the motions on the field, but uh, they probably get cleaned up in the NFL because they won't put up with that crap. Um, yeah, just his burst. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is a good pick. Um, so here we go. Yeah, wide receiver Ali, mate. Getting to the point, mate. I just I, I feel like I want to make a reach. I really do. I feel I want to want to go up and grab somebody, sort of do it a man. little bit. Do yeah. it. I bring you on because you're honest. You're going to tell these people what what you truly see, and I will give G credit. Yeah. So so before you pick, I'm going to get I'm going to filibuster for a minute to give you a minute to make sure you're ready. G, yeah, I'm ready. G is one of my go-to guys for wide receivers. Um, you know, G and Nick Whalen. That's where I first heard names like Cooper Cup, like. Terry McLaren, um, like Preston Williams. Preston Williams was a G special. This guy knows his wide receivers, so it may be a quote-unquote reach here in this mock draft. But I want you to to sharpen up your pencil and make sure you're not make sure you're not <laughs> using a make sure you're not using a laminated sheet like Matt Patricia and get ready to write this down. G, who you got, buddy? Okay, my Wong. Well, I'm, I'm gonna take somebody else. But now that you've said all that, I'm not going to do it because I don't know if you'll take the next guy that I like. Who's my? Oh, I'm not even going to tell you where I've got him on my board because you know who my number. No, oh, I'm not even going to say that. So I almost blurted it out. Mate, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and grab Michael Pittman at Indiana. Mate, I'm going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach. Um, it's, it probably is a big reach because I don't know about his quarterback to be honest. But as you said, talent overcomes a lot of things. Um, I could have, oh, jeepers. Now, now you got me nervous. 
You got me nervous on him now. Well, well, I'm going to say this. But, mate, I'm going to say this real quick. For a 220 pound guy, mate, for someone of his size, his athletic ability, like his stop and go, is someone of a 5'11. Um, his hands envelop the ball. He's on an offense, I think, that. Um, and with uh, with play callers, they're going to get their absolute best. I think T.Y. Hilton is definitely um, heading towards the sunset of his career. Would that be fair to say? You're, you're the Indiana guy? Yeah, he is going to transition nicely to a wide receiver two role. Um, I think that he, in 2021, could hand the mantle over to this kid. And T.Y.'s game, if he stays healthy, will transition nicely for another two, three years. You know, Julian Edelman's 34, I think, and he continues to play that that slot, middle of the field, target vacuum, if you will. But this kid right here, that's part of the reason why I love him, is that there's no uh, no real target competition besides T.Y. You're not going to convince me Jack yeah. Doyle or Zach Pascal's competition for target. So, yeah, I'm, keep going, but I'll, I'll throw my two cents in in a second. Yeah, well, mate, he, he can play out wide. He, he's, he, he can play from the slot for someone at six foot four. He's, his ability to track the ball, which is a great trait, with the, with the corner all over him. You watch it so many times. Like, he's not the greatest at getting separation, but he has enough savvy to do it. Um, but just the concentration, guy all over him, it, it's, it's a really interesting and a, a part of a wide receiver that, I look for that he's not distracted by things that are around him. Like we could talk about Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, another topic, but he is – I find him peeking to see where the, the court or safeties are coming from at times. Um, but this guy, mate, 100% committed. Um, he chews up yards a lot quicker than you think because he's a tall guy. We think they sort of lope along. You, mate, just watch how quickly he covers 10 yards. Make three steps and it's done. Um, I think he's going to he's going to surprise a lot of people, um, a lot of corners, uh, with his speed and and trying to cover a guy at six foot four with a wingspan like he's got, uh, leaping ability like he's got. Um, I, I, I think um, the only negative one I'll put that in there is the quarterback situation and for the next couple of years with Rivers, who I'm not a massive fan of now with the noodle arm, and then where do they go after that? Well, luckily, we live in a time when quarterbacks are readily available. Uh, <laughs> th- th- this time next year, I mean, you know, I, that's my fear as a Colts fan, that, that they're going to turn into a more modern version of the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos have been bringing in veterans and journeymen and reaching for quarterbacks for the last two decades. You know, they had a, a quick stopgap there for a few years with Manning, but really between John Elway and now Drew Locke, with the exception of the Peyton Manning stopgap, it's been a barren wasteland. And Miami, did Miami finally get their quarterback answer after going so long without a true fa- franchise quarterback since Dan Marino? That's my fear for the Colts. But this kid, man, he, he is money. I tell you what, instead of me telling you all the people that I know that like him, how about this? How about you just find someone who doesn't and then send that information yeah. to me at DFF Memphis, at Lucky Strike on Twitter. Send it to G and I. We, we want to check that out because I've yet to see anyone who doesn't like him. And I asked I ask Matt Waldman. Matt Waldman uh, cut a great episode of the Aussie guys with you and AJ. 
And I had heard this from T.J. Hushmanzada, who was a pretty good wide receiver himself, and he said that what really separates the guys who get open in the NFL is the guys who can decelerate. And I was like, wow, I, I had not yeah. heard that at that level, you know, it, the way that he explained it, basically. So I ran that by Matt Waldman, and Matt Waldman was like 100%. And he was like, not only is that true, but for a man his size, he does it extremely well. I love this kid. I'm so glad he's a Colt. And now, this was my Tiger Woods fist pump. So I'm sitting there on the couch. It's Friday night. My, my, my son's playing Fortnite because that's what my son does. And my wife's outside working in the garden or whatever. And they said, Colts take Michael Pittman. I just gave it that quiet little fist pump. Gee, I was like, that's what I'm talking that, about. This was the pick I, I loved. So yeah. um, anything, no, anything mate, else? You should too. I'm, si- I'm sitting here waiting for the Falcons to take a wide receiver somewhere. Um, uh, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they reached on that, that corner again. All right, uh, I'm going to go my guy. And you know what? For the, for the first mm. time ever. I'm going to catch heat for this, but you know, I got to be honest. I, I, I think I'm finally yep. going to do it. I'm going to move Henry Ruggs above Jerry Judy. And I don't feel proud of it. I, I don't love it. And I'm going to catch heat, and that's okay. Let me tell you why. I listened to a podcast called The Three and Out Podcast with ex NFL scout John Middlecoff. He worked for Howie Roseman in the Eagles front office. And he's got friends and ties to the Bears front office, the Chiefs front office. I mean, he's recently had Andy Reid on. And he said that his scout buddies tell him that in Alabama this past year, Henry Ruggs was the alpha in the room. Now think about that for a second. You've got Jerry Judy in that room. You've got Waddle in that room. You've got Devonta Smith in that room. And Henry Ruggs is the alpha. I think Henry Ruggs walks right into the uh, Raiders locker room, and he's the alpha. I think Tyrell Williams. I think Brian Edwards. I think Hunter Renfro. I think Darren Waller. They defer to this guy. I think he's more than a deep ball specialist. I think he's a guy that you're going to see a lot out of I think you're going to see a guy that John Gruden's going to mimic the way that Tyreek Hill I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill but I think they're going to mimic the way that Tyreek Hill is used he can get behind you he can do a lot of things people want to bash this guy they want to call him John Ross you know what John Ross when he plays does okay but I really like this kid I like the toughness I like the intangibles I like the landing spot I think Oakland's going to be fun in it. And you like, get, sorry, mate. You, you like the land. I'll just pull you. Up. You like the landing spot. A hundred percent. Tyrell Williams is oh, on. I, Tyrell Williams is on the last year of a deal. Yes, he'll be there. I, I, I'm not worried about the other. I'm not worried. I'm worried about the guy throwing the ball. Uh, Derek, Derek Carr is coming off of a career year as it relates mm-hmm. to uh, passing completion. And uh, let, let me see. That's what I not get. what concerns me as well. What about well, what about the other quarterback in Mariota? And what about like ma- Derek Carr? Ma- his relationship with with John Gruden, mate. We saw that stuff on the side. Okay, I know Gruden's sort of like a, a you know, hard on the sleeve type of like, which is great. Uh, well, but I, that that confessed it too. I mean, I, I look at it this way. I went back and I pulled some Derek Carr uh, scouting uh, reports from when he was coming out. Displays very good arm strength, can make all the throws, throws excellent velocity, and the ball jumps off his hand, can drive the ball outside the numbers in the intermediate to deep levels of the field, has some of the intangibles of a franchise, signal caller, charismatic leader with a great work ethic, 
Um, and then another one, compare, comparing Carr to Matthew Stafford or Jay Cutler is not a stretch in the arm strength department. So he's got the ball. He's got the arm. He's, you know, he lost his deep threat last year. And you know what? For all the things about they're going to replace him, that's fine. But I think Marcus Mariota is scared of his own shadow. And yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, definitely. That's what concerns me more that he gets replaced and Mariota is the quarterback, mate. And then Ruggs' value just nosedives. He's, the, the, he's like a kamikaze pilot. The, the, this is a kid um, in Derek Carr that was an MVP candidate a handful of years ago and literally had his best year. And he had this team in the playoff hunt until late in the season. I think he's going to get the full year. But we, we shall see. I don't know that he's the long-term answer, but getting back to Henry Ruggs, I mean, by the yep. time this guy's going in, into year three, we could be looking back and we could be saying, man, why didn't we take this guy higher? So I went at Ruggs at 11. Uh, give us the 112, then we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll check out a few names and get these people on about their day. All right, mate. Well, the guy I'm going to take now, I had my fingers crossed that you wouldn't take him, but, mate, I love I'm, – I'm a sucker for size. Uh, it kills me. It kills me every year when I do my drafts. Um, but I keep search. Um, I keep searching for sides. Um, and so I'm going to go my number two wide receiver that I had out of this class. I'm going uh, Denzel Mims out of Baylor, six three, two six. Um, mate, he's a, he's a physical receiver, not only as a catcher. But when you ask him to block, he is seriously nasty. Um, he's, he's got a great set of hands. Um, I like the fact that he, he, all, he doesn't allow the ball to come to his body and may look as though it goes to his body. But if you watch the film closely, he catches it just in front of the numbers. Um, great hand positioning, eats up yards quickly, huge catch radius, um, fights for every yard after the catch. Um, his ball security is an issue. Not uh, after he catches it, he can be a little bit loose with the ball. Um, he's he has a tendency to possibly showboat a little bit. Like there's a few one-handed catches that he tried to make when he could have very easily just twisted his, his hips a little bit more and and reached for two. But I suppose it doesn't look as good uh, on the highlight film as the one-handed catch. Um, strong contested catcher. Excellent hand position, like I said, on the ball. Sells his deep routes really well. Um, he doesn't have that blow past his speed, but mate, his hand usage off the line is probably the, one of the best in this class. Uh, and when you get to the pro level, um, you're going to need that. Uh, a lot of these guys don't have it. They allow, they, they rely on their speed, um, some, a bit of body lean, but mate, he will fight you and punch you at the line to get separation. And one thing I've found, Memphis, is the guys I'm looking for now more so than ever are physical football players because I think that translates better than 50s, you know, sort of, you know, um, wide receivers. You know, guys that look, look showy and all that and they get these big plays. But you want those, like the Tyree Kills. You know, you got that sort of guy, but you got the physicality as well. So I'm trying to take physical guys um, with these draft picks. I just think they translate better when they start playing against real men. Well, I don't like his landing spot, obviously. I I, <laughs> I, I, I do like his landing spot, and I'm going to tell you oh, why. I, just, I, just, the, I don't know what's happening there. 
behind closed doors, like coaching-wise. So if they can get rid of the coach, I'm not a fan of Gase, but I don't think a lot of people are. Um, I like his quarterback because I his quarterback, I believe, trusts his wide receivers because that's he wants to he wants that um, he wants them to trust him and he will trust them. Uh, I think that's the type of quarterback that he is. Well, what so I, um, what from I like that point of view, it's good coaching wise. Uh, well, this is Gase's last stand. If they don't do well this year, Gase will be gone, but the new GM, Joe Douglas, will be around. Darnold will be around. And yes. one, thing, one thing I like about this kid, he's not coming off the field. Again, uh, again, I'm I, getting the episode ready. We're going to talk about, a lot about formations and what it means to your dynasty roster. But this kid's not coming off the field. It's going to be him and Brashad Perryman in two wide receiver sets. It'll, they'll, they'll bring in uh, Jamison Crowder in the slot in three wide receiver slots. But this kid, I mean... 4.3840, uh, 96th percentile speed score, 90th percentile burst score, 96% catch radius. And I would like to see him add a little mass to his body frame. He's six foot three, two oh seven. That's a little lean, but they've got to throw the ball to but somebody. He doesn't, play, he doesn't play that way, Memphis. No, no, he doesn't no, play. I, I, I agree. like a, a 220 guy. Right, but he came out of the the Big Twelve where defense is optional. So okay. <laughs> the, well, that's the whole thing about Baylor wide receivers, isn't it? Like they don't translate. Like, well, that's the reason. I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I do like Mims. I'm going <laughs> to I'm, I'm, I'm going to recap our twelve picks real quick. So I went Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He went Jonathan Taylor. I went DeAndre Swift. He went J.K. Dobbins. I went Cam Akers. He went C.D. Lamb. I went Keyshawn Vaughn. He went Justin Jefferson. I went Jalen Rager. He went Michael Pittman Jr. I went Ruggs, and he went Denzel Mims. Gee, was there a couple other guys that, that caught your eye in the pre-draft uh, process that landed in some spots that you'd like to talk about, either good or bad? Well, I, I just think I won the, the draft, so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, mate, I've, I've, I've got a couple of sheets here that I just put down, mate, there's, to be honest, mate, there's, there's a lot of guys that came out this year that I, I found landed in really good spots. So we, I, I, like Taylor, we spoke about Justin Jefferson, we spoke about Rager, um, ended up in a really good spot. Um, I think T Higgins, uh, ended, uh, found him his way to, uh, the Bengals in Cincinnati and, you know, look, if, if Burrows is Burrows and he turns out to be as good as he was last year and he, and he can translate eventually, it takes quarterbacks a little bit of time. But um, it's the accuracy that he has and the composure, I think I think Higgins has got himself, you know, they can grow together. Um, a good landing spot. LaVisca Chenault is someone who landed on a team that I'm not, I don't think is that great, but he landed in a great spot. I believe. I, I think like he, I, for production for production straight away, and the type of player that he is, um, he would have he would have been one of my next couple of picks. Memphis. He he is going to be Jacksonville's version of of Debo Samuel. They are going to use him every which way. They're going to line him up in the yeah. backfield. They're going to line him up everywhere, and I think you're going to see the real value of Lavisca Chanel in twenty. 21 when they draft Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence the mustache the mustache is only going to be around for 
a short moment in time. And I, th- I think LaVisca was one guy I wanted to cover because he fell in this mock draft. I thought you would have taken him at 12 and you didn't is Jerry Judy. No, he would he would have been my next pick. He would have been my next wide receiver. I almost took him where I took Rugs, but I want to tell you some of the yeah. reasons why I'm concerned. Now, I know they do have a new offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. Big thumbs up. My concern is that they have an old, stodgy, defensive-minded head coach run the ball, play defense. And last year, Drew Locke only attempted 40 uh, more than 33 passes one time. He attempted 40 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Outside of that, his next high was 33. The most passes he completed in a game was 25. Now, I want you to take those numbers, 33 and 25. We'll bump them up to 35 and 27. Okay. Now, we have to take that amount and we have to divide it up amongst Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamlin, so, so- Oh, who are we talking about, Jerry? Are we talking Jer- about Jerry? Jerry Judy? Ju- yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, Sorry, so, my, my bad. You're good. We got to take that 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 35 attempts yep. a game, and we got to divide that up amongst Judy, Sutton, Hamler, Noah Fant, the the rookie tight end they drafted out of Missouri, which is Locke's old college teammate, a- Albert Aquabunum, Albert O. Yep. And then you've got mate, who, who's, who's a mate and when he heads downfield, mate, don't worry about Noel Fant and how quick he moves, mate. Once he this dude gets down downfield quick, real quick. And, and you got two guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield and Philip actually three if Lindsay makes yep. the team. I mean not Lindsay, excuse me, Freeman makes the team. So uh, so, yeah. so so there are five receiving options, three wide receivers and two tight ends, a couple of running backs. So let's say six, seven target options trying to split up 35 targets. No one's getting more than five or six a game. And what are you looking for in fantasy football? When you're drafting, you're looking for volume or you're looking for value. And I don't see the volume. As a guy who's been heavily invested in Cortland Sutton, I'm worried. I'm worried that, yep. the, that that there's more red zone red zone competition there. With I think they, they said that Albert O., and Locke combined for 17 red zone touchdowns in Missouri. That's not a ringing. Yeah. That's not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> you know, now you're bringing in Jerry Judy, and this team, like I said, they finished 27th in total pass attempts last year. And that defense, that defense is going to be nasty. So outside of a couple of shootouts here or there, I don't see the volume. That's my fear about Jerry Judy. Am I crazy? Not, not at all. My. I, Mate, they are fantastic. I don't know where you pull. Mate, you're like an encyclopedia in that head of yours. Or, mate, you got more sheets of paper in front of you than I've got. I don't know. Maybe you've got a big board with all these stuff, mate, because that, they're great numbers. But hey, all those, the sharing of targets, mate, it all comes down to why do people all of a sudden think that? And I saw you tweet this out the other day, which was perfect. Why do people all of a sudden think that Drew Locke's a great quarterback? Because he's got all these targets. I mean, he, I, he, he, he's, I'm not. I'm not sold on Drew Luck. He he's still a guy Drew that Luck. he's got like five games. He's he's a second round quarterback. I mean, he could be great. You know, the one thing I will say, I don't know what the volume is going to be. And anyone who tells you they do is either guessing off of Pat Shermer's historical track record. The best thing that, that you could hope for, and I'm freestyling these numbers off the top of my head, but here's the best case scenario: 
is you're looking for 2017's Minnesota Vikings. That's when Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator there before he went to the Giants to be the head coach. You're looking for Drew Locke to be like the quarterback 10. You're looking for uh, Sutton to be the wide receiver 8 like Thielen was. You're looking for Judy to be the wide receiver 19 which Diggs was, and you're looking for Fant to be the tight end eight that, you know, Kyle Rudolph was. I mean, everybody was, you know, good. Wide receiver two and Diggs, wide receiver one and Thielen, tight end one, tight end, you know, QB one. That's the best case scenario. But Pat Shermer, he does do good with suboptimal quarterbacks. Uh, that year in 2017, I'm referring to in Minnesota, that was the Case Keenum year. Last year, everybody pooped all over the Daniel Jones pick in the New York Giants. Hey, his head coach was Pat Shermer, and he had a very successful season. So th- that's the only upside that I can see. Uh, am I crazy? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of crazy. Uh, you're a little bit nuts, mate, but we have to be nuts. You have to be nuts to get through this life. Not just fantasy football, mate, just life in general. you got to be a bit crazy. Right? That's, that's what gives you your edge. Hey, can, can I just give you a couple of like deep guys that I like? Hundred. The, um, that's, why just, that's why you're just here. Just at the wide receiver. That's why you're just at the wide receiver. Um, which a lot of people are already high on, but this, this is a problem with uh, being an Australian. Uh, you don't get on too many podcasts to talk about guys, so no one actually knows these are the guys that, mate. I've been on for a long time, so I just pump my ties up a little bit. But um, uh, Brian Edwards out of um, South Carolina, 6'3", 215 pounds. Uh, he's, he's ended up also in um, in Las Vegas. Mate, good landing spot for him. I think if, if you're going to put rugs in a good spot, I, I think uh, Edwards lands in that, in that same spot and works more uh, the middle, sort of to the edges a little bit more. On the, um, I really like that going forward in the future. Uh, a few other guys that I, I do like is um, Isaiah Hodgkins. I don't know. Where did, where did actually did he end up? I, I did have well, it written well, down here somewhere. I, I don't want you talking a lot oh, about no, there I, we go. I, I don't want you talking he about him a lot. Yeah, no, he ended up in Houston. He ended up in Houston, and we want to keep that name to ourselves. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, be, 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 because he is the tall guy. On the on the team there in Houston, so most of these guys are Smurfs in yeah. the uh, the Houston team. This kid's six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds, out of Oregon State. Not a burner. He ran a four six one, but he's got a uh, an eighty eighth percentile catch radius. Um, nothing special as an athlete, but uh, opportunities everything. I mean, who who's the red zone guy who? He, who is the red zone guy in this offense? Because I, I don't know who it is. I mean, everybody else is no. six. Everyone else is six foot, six one or shorter. Uh, outside, no, he of, might he might be the only guy playing some given weeks with the amount of injuries they get at wide receiver. Well, Will I, Fuller, Brandon you know, Cooks, Brand, Kenny, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, Team Hamstring. Well, Hamstring slash concussion. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Well, um. A couple of other Quintez Cephas, who landed uh, with Detroit, great landing spot. Uh, like Jones is not long, and they're probably Marvin Jones. What? Uh, I don't know what his contract's like, but uh, mate, is it is it up at the end of this year? It's it's close. Um, he, I know he's thirty one years old. Yeah, he's thirty one. 
mate. Seriously, probably one of the most physical wide receivers come out of this class. Um, if, if you've ever listened to Matt Waldman, Matt Waldman loves him, and mate, I can't disagree with him. And for where you get him, Randy, you, you, when we picked him up in our draft, we just did. Granted, it's IDP, so you got to take the IDP guys out. So I, it would have been maybe we're picking in the middle of the fourth round. I'll take that for sure. In a in a in a in a uh, offense only rookie draft, if I can get him in the middle of the fourth, hell, man, I'm loving that value. I'm going to hit you with a couple myself, okay? Yep. I'm going to hit you with Michael Warren the second. He is now the third string running back for Philadelphia. The difference between him and um, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott is that Boston Scott is a redundant asset to Miles Sanders. And this guy's five foot nine, two hundred and twenty-six pounds. Uh, don't have a lot on his metrics, but th- th- this is a big dude. He broke out his sophomore year. He can catch the ball. He had 25 receptions his junior year. He had 21 receptions his uh, junior year, and, and he is an early commit, and, and that matters. So if you're looking for a late stash, Michael Warren the second. G, you have any others before I hit you with uh, one more? Mate, I, the, old, the old Michael Warren one, I've, I've, what I've got down, he's an adequate pass blocker, probably lacks penetrating run power. Like he does show it, but if you take it as a whole, um, it's it's not there. Uh, like you said, a good set of hands as a pass catcher. Reads his blocks, gives himself the best opportunity to find more green turf. The shifty style runner, not explosive, more quick. Um, has enough power to run through arm tackles. Not a fluid guy through the hips. And very noticeable when he has to change direction. Um, and I don't like the fact that when he runs into like oncoming tacklers that he actually turns his back on them. It, it's not a trait that I like. Um, rather, you know, stay square, get your shoulder, get your your pads over your feet. Um, but mate, like you said, he's not he's not a he's not shy to engage contact. Though, and he's a thickly built back. So that's what I have for for Michael Warren. All right, I'm gonna give you one last one, and we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna get out of here on this one. Okay. Yeah, that is the Asia C Devin Asia C Asia Asia the tight end they drafted. Oh. Mate, I'm glad you brought up tight ends, mate, because no one's talking about him. Love him. They, they brought one. They, they, they brought this kid up. He had good draft capital. Uh, uh, third round, 27th overall to the Patriots. Big kid, 270 pounds, 6'3". Um, decent arm length, not great. But I read a Sports Illustrated article earlier that said he was an absolute home run. And let's be honest, it's not like the, the cupboard's full of playmakers in New England, this guy's a deep, deep. Uh, I just drafted him in the fifth round, late fourth, early fifth of a non-tight end premium league. I mean, if I'm going to yep. take a dart throw, I'm going to take a dart throw again. I, 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 too many times, especially like late in a startup, we just take the the guy, the the, the name we know. Oh yeah, I remember him. Ah, he'll sign somewhere, like a like a Carlos Hyde. I'll take him in the 29th round. Man, why not take a guy like this? And you know, yes. if he because t- we know Carlos Hyde's value is never going up. Maybe, maybe a tick. But if this kid hits in New England, if he forms a bond with Jared Stidham in a tight end premium league, he could have uh, he could have some value deep late. All right, G. Uh, Mate, I, I love, g- I, I give I love us something. That, I'm really, 
I'm really glad you brought uh, brought up a tight end because we spoke about this off the phone, off air during last week, didn't we? That no one spoke about tight ends in any drafts. And I know it's not the greatest tight end class, but, but some of these guys aren't bad. Well, they're going to do a job, you know. And uh, he, he's my number he's my number one tight end. Not uh, by him, uh, not not by mile, but um, I just said uh, seriously strong blocker with excellent technique. Strong foundations and drive through the legs and hip to push defenders backward. Ability to get uh, off one block and onto another. His chip blocks are actually rock the defender more than merely just slowing him up. Has speed to release off the line. Cuts are sharp and at the top of his stem. Understands where to sit down in zone coverage. Athletic for a two. I have him here at 257. Um, his quarterback is all over the shop, which didn't help. Um Works behind the line of uh, linebackers into open space. Gets good separation from train linebackers with strengths of hand and the use of his frames. Works off linemen perfectly with timing. Um, probably needs to stay on his feet just a little. I find, what is it with tight ends, mate? Gronk's his Jepson. Take Gronk out, Nilsi out, those sort of guys. Why do these big guys, it's almost as though they get tackled down. Feels like, man, I've done my job. I've got. I've moved to change. I'm... I'm not going to go for a run. I'll just get tackled and fall down. Like some of these guys go down a little bit too easy for guys as big as they are. I, I, I've never got it. There's uh, another yeah. another guy I want to bring up real quick because I'm going to get you out of here is uh, yeah. Tr- Troutman in New Orleans. Uh, we, okay. we, we talked earlier about the handoff guy about uh, and, uh, Armari Cooper handing off to C.D. Lamb. Jared Cook in a year or two could be handing off to Adam Troutman. And this kid had a lot of buzz going in. Um, but that's another name to throw out there. Gee, what's going on with you and AJ? Um, I'm getting ready to dominate you guys in a, in a, in a startup <laughs> draft. Um, what else is going on? I got to get you back because your boss is a real jerk. I don't want you yeah, to get he's fired. A, he's a something absolute else. Absolute creep. Yep, absolutely. He's absolutely creep, mate. He, has, he hasn't found me yet sitting in my car. It's the last place you'll probably look. He's not that intelligent. Um, no, uh, AJ and I, we, uh, we're we doing our mock draft now. So what we're going to do, we'll, we'll uh, after we've finished this week, uh, at the end of the week, we'll probably sit down and we'll do a uh, a pod about um, where these guys are going when you're actually playing against, you know, real people than just um, off a consensus sort of ranking. Uh, we'll start talking about that, you know, the uh, who we liked, who we didn't like, where they fell, uh, what were reaches, uh, what were good value, uh, we'd need to get you back on because you are the guru, the dynasty guru, uh, to talk about these guys. Uh, and, mate, t- to be honest, uh, mate, there's a ton of guys on here that we didn't even get through today. Oh, oh no, oh, it's, no. It's so deep, mate. Like, what? I didn't talk about Dunave. I'm not a big fan of his, but he lands in Baltimore. And, mate, after the catch, the cross, he's, the dude's gone. You know, there's um, – it's just so many guys, you know. Brandon Ayuk, we didn't talk about, which I don't, I don't like him. Don't like his landing spot. Uh, we we could, mate, we could be on here for another hour easy. Oh, we could be on here for two, as good as this class is. Yeah. This is one of the few years where normally I advocate trading those thirds for future seconds. Oh, hey, you want to take my my three point six? Sure, just give me your twenty twenty second, and I'll be happy to give you this third. But this class is so yeah. deep. But you know what? I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, make sure you, you check out the Aussie Guys podcast. It's a lot of fun. Um, they go about it a little bit differently, and these guys are rowdy. I, I often tease my buddy G here that the uh, Aussies <laughs> are nothing more than uh, the, the British's version of Texans. But 
Anyway, oh, um, that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, and we drink. We we don't mind to drink during the show either. So things can get a little bit sloppy by the end sometimes. If you're looking for unique drinks, they do a uh, drink of the pod most yep. shows. But on behalf of G and the working man Jerry, I am Memphis, and here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season.